everyone, Morgan here with a little disclaimer for our intro today. So we start off this episode by talking about the now infamous Bean Dad story. We recorded this episode right after the original Bean Dad tweet chain went viral, so all of the other details about the situation had not yet come out, including the old tweets and the gross backstage behavior. We will be addressing these things next week in our intro, so stay tuned for that discussion. Thank you and enjoy the episode! Have you been on Twitter today? Oh, yes. <laughs> Are we thinking about Bean Dad today? Yes. Oh, God. Uh, and Bean Dad being John Roderick. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That was what was... I was like, that name is very familiar to me. And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, oh, oh shit. But yeah, we are we going to we gonna have a little discussion about Bean Dad? Because... <laughs> yeah, I think we... <laughs> I think it's our moral obligation to talk a little bit about Bean Dad. And we'll post this in the Twitter thread for the episode. And I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Just Google Bean Dad. But I, and maybe this is my personal bias because I've met the man, but I think people are blowing this out of proportion. I mean, he does say in a later tweet that it's it's written in a way which his friends will understand. I think he was trying to do a bit, but it didn't work. Clearly, because he includes in it that he is, he's like, I was regaling her of tales of great cans I had opened. And it's like, yeah, obviously this is a bit. It's maybe didn't land because the internet's like, this is child abuse. But it's like, calm down. I mean, it is a bit extreme. Like, if if we're going to go down that road, if it actually took six hours, like he says, and there was literally nothing else to eat like he also says like if we believe everything he says literally it's pretty dickish to a nine-year-old kid well he also says if we don't open this can we will eat nothing nothing. that just seems like like clearly it was a bit to me but also i'm familiar with that type of humor right and i think maybe you you can think that even if it is a bit, it's still a little dickish if you take out the hyperbolic parts. But I, I think people are making a huge deal out of it for no reason. Well, not for no reason, because the internet needs something to latch on to every day. Well, I Otherwise just, it dies like a shark. I just saw it was like, the thing that caught my eye was beans. I was like, oh no, <laughs> what has happened? I wondered if it was something we had previously covered that I clicked on it and read it. I was like, oh, okay, weird. Can't believe yeah. people are like all over this. But yeah. If y'all aren't familiar with John Roderick, he's the guy who does the My Brother, My Brother and Me theme song. Yes. John Roderick and the Long Winters. And he's a comedian. Like, this is a, a joke series of tweets, clearly. It's probably based on reality, but, you know, it's still mostly a joke. It's it's it probably exaggerated for comedic effect because he's a comedian and that's what they do. Yeah, and and the vast majority of people on the internet are not going to have that familiarity with him, right? right? If you think about the amount of people who listen to My Brother and My Brother and Me and pay <laughs> attention to the theme song, like, that's a very small section of society. It's a very um, kind of tight-knit community. If you don't know who John Roderick is, it's going to seem like awful. 
And I haven't seen a, and he is a musician, so yes. people are going to look and think, oh, this is a musician, but also like a comedy musician. And I haven't seen anybody saying that they know who he is, so. No, I haven't either. Like the, the kind of top tweets are just people going, what an asshole. Your kid's going to need therapy. Yeah, your kid's not going to talk to you when they grow up. It's like, if I still talk to my parents. <laughs> I know, your like, kid's still going to talk to you. I feel like there's a lot of stuff we don't know in this situation that people are assuming yeah, we should never absolutely. assume because it makes an ass of you. And- <laughs> Which is, we never do that on this podcast. Never, ever. <laughs> never. We only work on hard facts that's it <laughs> always well welcome to our podcast are you serious a journey through bad reddit relationships i am morgan i'm esme and this is episode 40 we have nearly done a year of podcasts. Ooh, yeah we're gonna have to like finalize our list of asshole of the year contenders oh, yes. pretty soon Yes. Which, this week or next week, we might have some contenders, because I think it was a couple weeks ago, remember how I was like, yeah, the internet was kind of slow, you know? <laughs> Not so this last set of weeks. Um, people are are interacting with their family, they are, you know, going to gatherings, which they shouldn't be doing anyway, right. but their family is, like, throwing old issues in their faces. It has been a time of high pressure, really, more yeah. than any other holiday season we've been through because there are kind of unrealistic expectations on both sides of the family dynamics and um it's it's bringing up a lot of uh interesting reddit posts yeah and we've got a lot of like like classics so this week and we're not going to cover all these but we had a boyfriend throwing away his girlfriend's socks weird baby names pregnancy discrimination a uh, pregnancy announcement, an inappropriate pregnancy announcement, and just like all the things we've covered before, even ducks. There were we ducks? Will, I didn't see the duck one. We will, of course, cover the ducks today. Okay, so good. <laughs> don't you worry. But just a lot of, and we'll get to it this week and next week. I have a lot saved up. There was one point where I was on Reddit and I was just going from post to post on Am I the Asshole saving them because everyone was gold. I, um, the other thing I've noticed this week is that Obviously, there's been an uptick in mother-father-slash-son-daughter relationship problems. Yes. But all of the big age gap relationships have come out of the woodwork in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, or or like, some of them are like mild age gaps, but like the, the socks one, it's like the 22 and 29 or something. Yeah. And it's like, I bet you if she breaks up with him which she should, that he's going to go for someone even younger. He's he's going to keep getting older and his girlfriends are still going to stay the same age. Like Leonardo DiCaprio. No, like Matthew McConaughey. Well, okay. <laughs> I was <laughs> quoting Matthew McConaughey from Dazed and Confused, but Leonardo DiCaprio in real life does that. In real life. <laughs> yes. I love Leo, don't get me wrong, but dude. Yeah, and he's Stop. not the only one. It's gross. Yeah. Um, first, though, we have an update. You could call it a cucumber date. Because it's Am I the Asshole for Eating Too Many Cucumbers update. Cucumber. Have you seen the cucumber guy? No. Oh my god, I have to send you that. Uh, my husband sent that to me previously. It's a guy on uh, YouTube who does like vegetable wraps. But he has a, <laughs> a very strong Jamaican accent. And he does one about cucumbers. And it's wonderful. Hang on one second. Are you Googling it now? <laughs> no, she has a link in there in the update. And I want to see if it's that. 
the cucumber wrap. No, it's Veggie Tales. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> fully different. Fully different. Because she calls them cukes. Okay, okay. Let me let me see if I can find the cucumber wrap. Oh, there it is. Okay, I'm gonna send it to you. I hope it doesn't just stop playing. Copy link address. Okay, there it is. That's the guy. The cucumber wrap. <laughs> that's a that's a nice. Like, he's got, like, a quality cucumber there. It's not Quality like... cucumber, amazing dreads. This dude's a legend. <laughs> he seems like I want him to be my cool uncle. Right? For sure. Much if he was your granddad. <laughs> okay, so, um, update. Am I the asshole for eating too many cucumbers? If you guys don't remember, she eats cucumbers as a snack. Her boyfriend's mom caught her, like, chomping on a cucumber like a raccoon who just stole one from a dumpster and the boyfriend's mad at her for embarrassing him i didn't expect my first post to really get any attention so i'd like to thank you all for taking time to read it blah 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 the usual to those who to those of you who expressed concern for my cucumber addiction slash that i might have an ed eating disorder i can assure you that i am perfectly healthy i wouldn't consider myself addicted nor do i have an ed at all i just really enjoy my cucumbers I can go days without eating them. I don't need a cucumber fix. It's just if I'm going to snack, I'd prefer to eat a cuke. I would consider the amount I snack on cucumbers proportional to the amount my boyfriend or any normal person would snack on chips or other junk food. I just occasionally eat more since they're so low in calories. Occasionally, I have had a few cucumber binges. I am well aware that those are not healthy, just like binging on junk food isn't healthy. But that's extremely uncommon for me, and for the most part, I eat a well-balanced and healthy diet. However, I will talk to my doctor about it to ensure that it is not worried. As for my boyfriend, we ended up calling it quits. Yeah, I was pretty hurt at first, but I think perhaps this huge reaction to cucumbers was indeed a red flag for controlling behavior. Uh, remember, they were only dating for six months. Yeah, it's just not even worth the aggravation at that point. I think that he was trying to call my bluff, expecting me to give up my cukes for him, so the breakup took him a bit by surprise too. How it went down was that I told him we needed to have a chat. I told him that it was unacceptable to tell me what I was allowed to eat. Hell yeah. I added that if yeah. listening to me chow down on cucumbers was what bothered him, as some of you in the comments noted, I would avoid eating them when he was around. Apparently the very idea of me eating so many cucumbers was driving him nuts, not the noise. I decided to try and compromise. He's a pretty heavy drinker and will get drunk pretty often. I know it's very bad for his health and I have expressed that concern in the past. I told him that I'd give up cucumbers if he gave up alcohol. He declined my offer, threw out a few uncreative insults and expletives, and I am now writing this from my mom's couch with a cucumber in my hand and a cucumber in my heart. <laughs> I'm still unclear on why the cucumbers were such an issue, why I could never eat them again, why me suggesting he gave up alcohol was such a big deal, among other things. But I guess now I'll never know. Uh, the, the, the alcohol thing... <laughs> I think is the is the most telling part of this uh, the lead has been buried. Right, he drinks pretty heavily, and I don't know. Maybe he sees something of her eating the cucumbers in his desire to drink. Maybe it's projection. But yeah, not nah, that sounds like a just terrible situation yeah, all around. It might be projection. Um, My take is that it's abnormal and whenever something is not normal like we saw that with the miss frizzle dresses we've seen that before the right. socks whatever whenever something is not normal a controlling partner will try to get rid of it because whenever you have a character trait yeah yeah <laughs> whenever there is something about you that is interesting they will try to get rid of it they just want you to quote-unquote be normal and you know uh not be embarrassing to them quote unquote, obviously heavy, heavy air quotes, but just, right. yeah, they want to get rid of that character trait 
and and use it as a kind of controlling thing. And like she said, it, he was kind of like using it as a litmus test for how much can I control this person. So yeah, yeah. I I, I in the in the original post, I didn't really like how he framed it as he was embarrassed because she did it in front of his parents. I really am uncomfortable with when we read these posts and someone blames something on their parents that isn't true. To, to in order to get out from under a hard place. Just like the Miss Frizzle mm-hmm. guy, right? He said he called the girlfriend and said, Well, my mom was embarrassed. So yeah, it it that always kind of sticks in my craw. Um and I, I dislike that intensely. I think if somebody is so willing to pull who should be the two most intimate people in their lives into an argument about cucumbers <laughs> for the sake of their pride. That's that's just a bad idea all around. Yeah, it seems like it's a way for them to like abdicate responsibility right. for being controlling. It's like, the, I, I didn't ask this. It's them over there. But you should still listen because, you know, they're just parents. Parents, you know, they're like that. So you should just... Do you think it's also... A way of shifting authority for the for the problem. Most people see their parents as kind of some kind of authoritative figure, and I know that when I'm with my husband's family, I'm trying to be on my best behavior because I don't want to be in trouble. <laughs> so, do you think that's part of the reason behind why people do that? Is oh, well, my parents don't like it, and you want my parents to be happy. Because if they're not happy, they are in control of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, absolutely. And then you also have the excuse of like, well, they're just old fashioned or whatever, like, right. you know, they're old. So we should just avoid upsetting them, which is like a thing. That's a whole different conversation of like, a- avoid upsetting the racist old person or the the yeah. bigoted old person yeah. or whatever. It's just a, a lesser version of that. Appeasement. Yeah, exactly. So good, good gold star for breaking up right away. Yeah, good and job. I- I hope in the comments, because she's like, I'm not sure why this was such an issue. Like, he was being controlling, and maybe you can process that. It's still fresh, but, you know, just process the fact that this was not... It wasn't like he was upset. He was trying to control you, so... Yeah. You know. Okay, on to another greatest hit, or recurring theme for us. Am I the asshole for giving my son a unique name? Oh, no. (laughs) And I think this is a different issue. We've seen, this is like a third baby name post. One was cultural appropriation. One was... The Gaylord Saga. (laughs) The Gaylord Saga, yes. Um, This one's a little bit different. So OP's 27 and he's the dad. Um, Oh God, they just had the kids. So I hope... I hope he doesn't already have this name. Okay. Well, I I learned recently that in the US there's a grace period. Mm-hmm. So um, if you change, if you decide that you don't like the name you've given your kid, you have like a grace period to go back to the registry office and be like, hey, yeah, we want to change that. And like, you don't incur any fees or whatever. I do believe until the child is 18, and this uh, varies on state, uh, you can go and you can make a, oops, I made a mistake on the on the uh, birth certificate, and you can make an edit to it, like for any reason. I think parents is different, though, because it's, it's about parental responsibility. So you can't just change the parents. Right, right, yeah. But you can you change, can, like, name, weight, date of birth, gender, mistake, yeah. Which is a huge thing. That's because, a big deal. Yeah, if you're, so if your kid comes out as, as trans- 
before they're 18, they can, you can go and just change their birth certificate and that will save them a lot of heartache and effort later. So yes. just a heads up. Might vary by state. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Check your local uh, state guidelines for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just had my first child, a beautiful little boy. You you didn't have him. <laughs> your wife did. You did nothing, dude, except enjoy yourself. <laughs> Ever since I was young, I have really loved books and literature. My favorite book series of all time is Lord of the Rings. Oh, I also damn. really love Shakespeare. No! <laughs> so when my wife and I were thinking of names for our kid, I suggested a rather unique name. Benwise. What? It's a combination of no. Benvolio and Samwise. Ben, really? Benvolio? Of all the characters in Shakespeare, you choose Benvolio? <laughs> Me and my wife both thought it was really clever and a perfect name for a boy, so that's what we named him. Really clever, fuck off. <laughs> Literally just name him like Benjamin Sam. Call, you, you can give him two names, dude. He could be Benjamin Samwise. You can even go whole hog and be like, uh, just, just call him Benvolio, why the fuck not? But, uh, uh, God. I hate when people think they're being clever because they make up a weird name. Yeah. That's not clever. I do that every goddamn day. So, and I'm, my IQ is not not huge. So, <laughs> goddamn. We had not shared name ideas with either of our families, so when we told them what his name is, they were surprised. As soon as we told them, most of our family berated us for giving our son a weird name. They said that he would grow up being bullied for his name and would end up resenting us. I do agree that it's not a typical name and he might be made fun of because of it. But in my opinion, if kids are going to make fun of you, they will make fun of you whether you have a funny name or not. Also, if he doesn't really like the name, he can always go by Ben. At the end of the day, I would rather my son have a unique name like Benwise than a boring-ass name like Jack or Adam. No offense to the Jacks and Adams of the world. So, am I the asshole for giving my son a unique slash weird name? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Like, okay, I have to get this off my chest. Why pick Benvolio, though? <laughs> like... Is Romeo and Juliet the only play you read? And now you consider yourself to be a Shakespeare fan? Because let me tell you, there are much better names in the Shakespeare canon and much cooler characters than Benvolio. Go for Mercutio, he's a lad. Um, But just, if, you, if you're gonna do it, just do it. Don't water down a weird name to make it weirder. I used to teach a kid... I had I had two kids in my class. One of them was called Raven, but it was a boy. And one of them, I think his I think his brother was called Merlin. Oh no! And it's just like okay, yeah, kids are cruel. But why would you make it easier for kids to be cruel to your kid? You're just giving them an access point. I have a student this year whose name, and I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but their first and last name basically translate to blue white. Wow. <laughs> wow. Blue the white actually. So. Yeah, and I'm like, why though? You didn't have to do that to your child. Yeah, my issue here is the fandom thing. Don't give your human child a fandom name. We've definitely talked about this before, right? We with the Zelda kid. Oh yeah, it's well, they don't have a Zelda name. Oh, yeah. yeah, a little bit of a Zelda name. It's a little, but bit at of least a it's like a normal name. And we've definitely, to I've definitely had my do not name your kid after a Shakespeare character in a tragedy rant. And <laughs> yes. we definitely talked about who would, all those people who named their kids like Carlisi or Daenerys yeah. must have had a really nasty fucking shark. <laughs> like, never name your kid after a character whose arc is not complete. Never name your kid after a character who has a tragic end in any story on purpose. 
Like, obviously, if you call your kid, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some now, without spoiling anything, for like, anybody who I, may not I have read like, books. I feel like a lot of kids are named Ben for Ben Kenobi, like Obi-Wan yeah, Kenobi. But you haven't gone straight out and called your kid Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> like, you know like, that. It doesn't have to be a part of your kid's personality. Your geekdom does not have to be a part of your kid's personality. Let them have their own thing. Yeah. And- and obviously, like, our cats are named Neo and Cora, but, right. like, those are cats. <laughs> like, if you want to do shit. this, get a cat or a dog or a fish or right. whatever. Don't do this to your human child. Write a novel. You can name characters whatever the fuck you want. Nobody cares. No one's going to call you out on it. That's all you. Don't name your actual living, breathing child. <sighs> ben Wise. Ben Wise. And if you want them to have a unique name, look at the, like, there's babynames.com or whatever has, like, the most common names. You can look at those for the year and just not pick those. Babynames.com is one of my favorite resources on <laughs> I, the internet. All the time for character names. Oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. And just, like, like our names are unique, but they're names. Yeah, they're actual people names that exist yeah. in the world. <laughs> like, you may not hear of lots of people called Esme, but I can guarantee you it's a name that exists. Nobody yeah. had to make it up. And, like, my my mom named me Morgan because it's a gender-neutral name. I mean, not so much, but, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman exists. <laughs> and, Hell yes, you know, you can have reasons for picking names, just not that you like Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's not even liking Lord of the Rings that is the issue here. There are lots of names in Lord of the Rings that are kind of normal. Like Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like he has a type, right? Because it's like Samwise and Benvolio are both like the calm, level-headed peacekeeper characters. So, But also, they both start with normal names. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you could just call your kid Ben, Sam, whatever your last name is. Benjamin Samuel Smith. Job's done. You have ticked your box for nerddom, but also your kid has a normal name. I just... <sighs> I do like both of those names, actually. Like Benjamin and Sam for boys. Because they're not super common, but they are, again, normal names. And they both have, like, pretty cool um, abbreviations, right? So Ben, yeah. Benjamin can be Benji, or Ben, uh, or Benny, or... Jammin'. Like Jam. Um, <laughs> so it's not like I mean, my husband's family, all like four generations of dudes have the same first name, and we all call them a different thing. So based on that first name, so like it's not difficult. <sighs> yeah, the best names have like a lot of nicknames, right? Like Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth. Elizabeth yeah. The 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 abbreviations for Elizabeth are wild. <laughs> like there's Liz, the amount of them. Yeah, Liz, Liz, Lizzie, Beth, Betty. Um, Liza, Liza, Eliza. Yep. Um, I think Bertha L. is technically one. What? What was that? Bertha. I think technically that's a abbreviation. Yeah. Of, and, and Harry, Harry as well. There's like Hal, Hank, um, I mean, Henry, Harold, Harold. Yeah. yeah. So it's not difficult. You can always give your kid a pet name too. Yeah. You call him Benvolio or Samwise. That's like cute. You know, like not legally, but <laughs> yeah, like a house name. I always call it a house name. Like I have yeah. things that my sisters are allowed to call me that are related to my name but that if anybody else did it it would be kind of fucking weird um you can give your kid a house name that's absolutely fine but just for 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 actually going about in the world purposes don't make it hard kids have enough to deal with yeah 
it's just I find it exhausting. I really do. When I get a new class roster and I'm looking down the list of names, I'm like, oh sweet Jesus. I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's awkward for everybody involved. Yeah. And and I he also admits, yes, they'll be bullied. He'll yeah. be bullied. It's like, yeah, this is this is a uh, a price I'm willing to pay, but it has nothing to do with you. Like, you're not going to be there in the classroom when all these kids are taking the piss out of your child. Yeah, I'm happy to report that he was marked the asshole for Good. this one. Good. So, especially when you're going to choose two boring ass names from Lord <laughs> of the Rings and Shakespeare. Like, yeah, just you can you can easily modified names. I definitely thought he was going to say Coriolanus and I was going to shut that shit down immediately. (laughs) (sighs) Even that you could translate to Cornelius, which is not a good baby name, but... (laughs) Oh my god, can you imagine? Cornelius. Man, I feel bad for all those kids of Harry Potter fans that we're going to be getting (sighs) in our classrooms in the next, like, eight to ten years. It's going to be rough. I hope no one called that kid Neville. Uh, He's an ugly baby, but I hope he grows up to be hot. <laughs> even though Neville is the true hero of the Harry Potter uh, series in this essay, mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> Not only is he a Yorkshire lad born and bred, but he kills the fucking snake. Anyway. <laughs> Divergence. But yeah, so you're the asshole. Don't do that. Be nice to your don't child. Do it. Pretty much all the time, we're just going to be like, don't. 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 Why would you do something that would deliberately make your kid's life harder? Stupid. Yes. Next question. Especially like... On resumes and shit. Just to- oh god, can you imagine? Kid's gonna go by Ben for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. He's just gonna cut the last half of his name off. Poor child. All right. So this next one is a relationship advice post. So OP is thirty-seven and his girlfriend is thirty, mm-hmm. and his friend is thirty-five. Mm-hmm. All right. And so there's two parts to this. Um, two different kind of questions being asked. So do you want to take them one at a time? Let's do them one at a time. Okay. So the title is just having some conflicts with my new girlfriend of six months due to COVID and other other things. My girlfriend and I have been dating for six months and both see this relationship as very unique with a high probability of building a life together, marriage or equivalent, kids, etc. We have very open communication about our individual needs, feelings, and expectations. I think a lot of that comes from us both understanding what life we want and and wanting to avoid some of the pitfalls we both have encountered in previous long-term relationships. In some of our deeper, more forward-thinking conversations, we have come upon a few issues that are not deal-breakers, but seem like they will impact our happiness as a couple, and really would like outside input as to how to resolve them. The first issue is my close platonic relationship with my ex-girlfriend. Call her Jackie. Jackie and I dated for four and a half years. It ended 13 years ago due to her infidelity. Since then, I have gone through very extended periods of not being in romantic relationships, punctuated by short periods, not exceeding six months, of dating. I've never had another serious girlfriend with lifelong potential. In this 13 years, I've cultivated a very close platonic relationship with Jackie, and to a lesser extent, her husband, including being in their wedding. Oh, God. Uh, Before COVID, we would talk at least a few times a week, text frequently, and visit one another once or twice a year, despite living on opposite sides of the country. It is not inaccurate to say she is one of my best friends. My girlfriend, Gina, in quotes, is uncomfortable with this, but has never asked me to cut off this relationship or modify it. The issue is that even the mention of Jackie's name causes, in Gina's own words, a feeling like a punch to the stomach. I have attempted to explain that I really view Jackie like a sister or cousin by now. She has been with me as an important part of my life and support system through a lot of major life events. When Gina asked, quote, if we got married, would you want her at the wedding? I said, yeah. 
Gina then said, that would definitely make me cry. I realize this is hypothetical, but it really hurts me thinking that my friendship causes the woman I love pain. Gina has explained that she doesn't mind if I visit Jackie or if Jackie comes to visit, but she will not want to be around and has no interest in cultivating a relationship with her. Hmm. For example, Gina says that if Jackie comes to visit, she would not come to dinner if I asked. She would come to dinner if I asked, but just being there would be very upsetting to her. She could hide it and act normal, but Gina does not ever anticipate actually enjoying the experience and would only be doing it for me. It is very challenging to me to know that this causes distress, and I even attempt to modify the retelling of stories in my life to de-emphasize Jackie's role in them. Am I asking too much of my girlfriend to make an attempt to cultivate a relationship with my ex? Yes, 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 yes. I do not understand how anybody stays friends with their exes. Just as a a kind of personal thing. Especially if there was infidelity involved. How do you keep that person in that kind of close confidence when, yeah, when when they're not trustworthy? Like, the reason why you broke up is because fundamentally you're incompatible people, I would assume, right? So why would you then keep that person around as a friend? That doesn't make any sense. I do not want to see any of my exes ever again. (laughs) Never. I don't even want to look at them. I hardly even want to think about them. And not because they're, like, evil people or that they, you know, were abusive to me or whatever. I mean, my first boyfriend was really controlling and that's the reason why I don't want to see him. But, like... Other people who I've dated, I just don't want to see them. They don't interest me anymore. I, I feel hurt when I think about them for, for a variety of different reasons. Why would you keep that person around? Secondly, why would you keep that person around when it is so... When your girlfriend has been so clear to you that this makes her uncomfortable. It would make me uncomfortable. I would not want that. Yeah, my first boyfriend was was also controlling, but also we had an issue with his... Not an, even an ex, just a girl, girl he had hooked up with a couple times, like, hanging out with him and his roommates and stuff. And that made me feel extremely uncomfortable. Not And, and they didn't even date, you know, for that long. Like, it would, they just kind of got together a couple times. Is your ex-boyfriend my ex-boyfriend? <laughs> he worked with somebody who was his quote-unquote best friend. But their relationship was all kinds of inappropriate. And to the to the extent where I complained about it and she took me out to the pub and took me into the bathroom and said, if I want your boyfriend, I'd have him, right? Mm. Turns out three weeks later, after I dumped him, he slept with her. Called me afterwards to tell me because he felt bad. Anyway, <laughs> what? one idiot, one idiot. <sighs> anyway, like, I, I couldn't be friends with him. No fucking way. And I would never expect my husband to even, you know, give him the time of day. It's got nothing to... Like, your ex-relationships should not impact your current relationships, right? And if it is causing your girlfriend that much anguish and pain and you continue doing it, that's that's bad. That's bad. That's just very selfish and inconsiderate. It's not abusive or anything. It's just very rude. And I get that if you, this person has been in your life for 13 plus 17, almost 20 years, that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. But if... If you want to be with this person, and this is the thing that is the deal breaker, you got to treat it like a deal breaker. Can you live without this person's friendship? Is that is that friendship more important to you than your relationship? And it's it's one thing if this friend is just a friend and has always been a friend, right? And the girlfriend is acting this way, but if it's an ex, I get. 100% being uncomfortable, especially since it seems like the romantic relationship ended because of something that she did. 
not because of something OP did. Right. Does that make sense? So he didn't mm-hmm. necessarily choose to end the relationship. I mean, after the infidelity, but it was it was not um, instigated by OP. How could you be friends with somebody who had betrayed your trust in that way? Yeah. Like, regardless of the relationship, the relationship, of course, would, would have broken down with this infidelity. How can you then, in your brain, go, well, I still trust this person enough to want to be their friend. I wouldn't want to be friends with a cheetah. It seems like Jackie wanted to have her cake and eat it, right. too. Just like... I I still want to keep this person around, even though I betrayed their trust. Still want to benefit from their friendship. Yeah, this person was a good support system for me, and I don't want to lose that. Yeah, yeah. I this is this is how I would tell my friend about it, right? Or somebody that I knew. If somebody that I knew came to me and said, "This is the situation," I'd be like, "Are you are you for real? It's for serious? <laughs> we we even talking about this?" Because to me, the solution is pretty clear. Yeah. The, the girlfriend hasn't asked him to get rid of the relationship, which I think is, you know, kudos to her. Yeah, I think that reflects really well on her respect for OP. Right. Like that she's like, listen, I understand and I would do this for you, but here's how this would make me feel, which is like excellent communication. She has been very clear on her boundaries. And if you continue to step over those boundaries, it's going to be a huge issue. You've got to decide where to draw the line. Yeah, it sounds like she wants to say it, but she doesn't want to be controlling. She doesn't want to come off. Right. Gina wants to say, I, I like, don't want this to happen. Like, she's using these words like a punch to the gut. That would make me cry. Like, she wants to say it, but she's not. Yes. I, I think at, at the very minimum, it's time to step away from the relationship with Jackie and tell her as much. Yes. That I am in a new relationship. She's kind of uncomfortable with our history. So I'm going to kind of take some space, which is easy because they live on opposite sides of the country. But like, you know, for a little while. And then maybe in at least six months, maybe longer than that, ideally maybe longer than that, uh, say, okay, now is it okay if I reach back out to her, you know? The amount of contact that he has with Jackie as well, that would concern me. He says that they text like, Every other day. Talk at least, before COVID, we would talk at least a few times a week, text frequently and visit one another once or twice a year. If I, if if my husband had a female friend who he had some history with, who he was texting multiple times a week, I would not be happy about that at all. And not because I think that he's doing something wrong. Just that's kind of suspect. It's suspect. It's a lot of emotional involvement. Yeah. And it's not it's not about, oh, I think that he might obviously she's married, right? Like right. it's not an issue. I think the issue that Gina is feeling is that he might not be moved on completely yes. from her. Yeah. And it's the moving on part. He might still be committed to her and emotionally unavailable. Yes. So that's probably it's almost like emotional cheating. Yeah. I mean and to me that depends on the content of yes. the of yeah. the um text, but yeah, that's bordering all right so that's the first one that's the first issue (laughs) the second issue okay so i think we'll have a lot to a lot to say about this because it involves like introversion and extroversion which Mm -hmm. are more mismatched relationships all right the second issue is gina's need to be alone and my feelings of rejection I am by nature rather extroverted. Gina is more introverted. Being that we only have dated during COVID times, I have felt very lonely and not having the ability to see friends or go out. 
This is exacerbated by the fact that my dog suddenly died immediately before the shutdown and significant work stoppages due to the virus. I have been back to work for a few months, but with no certainty of how long that will last. Gina transitioned immediately from physically going to work to telecommuting. She has had no significant work stoppage and in fact has had to cancel all of her vacation plans, like everyone. I have an extended holiday break three weeks, and Gina decided to take one of those weeks off so we could have some consecutive time together without work distractions. She also did it so she could get a break from her intellectually and emotionally taxing career. To me, this meant that we would be spending pretty much all of our time together. I was very excited about the potential of staying together for a week with no breaks because we are imminently planning to live together in the next six months. We plan on doing things together most days, like a hike or a walk, but there is still a lot of downtime with the lack of opportunities to go anywhere. My genuine preference is to, in her words, do nothing together rather than do nothing apart. She, on the other hand, has a real desire to not only have a significant time every day or day or so alone, but also to have some nights apart. We have never had the opportunity to spend so many nights together, and that is exciting to me. To me, saying she wants to spend a night apart feels like rejection. To me, that is saying that if I was a better partner, she would not need time alone. Mm. I don't have any measurable desire to be apart. I'm actually excited by the idea of being together every day and every night. She assures me that this isn't indicative of a lack of love or desire to be with me. In my mind, I see her as having an extremely high EQ. She is very perceptive about how she feels and it communicates her needs. I just don't feel this way, so I have very little understanding of why she does. It does make me feel rejected, and even knowing that she doesn't mean it that way doesn't change my emotional reaction. How can I give her the space she wants when doing so makes me feel deeply rejected? Hmm. This is this is not separate from the Jackie issue in my brain. If you're an extrovert and you crave external validation and continual validation, then the fact that Gina says, hey, I want to spend a little time apart because I need to recharge my my social battery, is feeding into this continued relationship with this person who she is unhappy about. Yeah. And as somebody who... I, I struggle with social interaction. I find it very difficult. After... uh. Uh, a whole day teaching online like talking continuously i just feel exhausted it's not that i don't enjoy speaking to the kids or that i don't like my job it just is very socially taxing for me and when i come home i i want to see my husband but i don't necessarily want to interact with him immediately like it it takes a lot so i can understand what gina wants she just needs that time to kind of take a break you know i don't know how you fix that in such a... I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Their perceptions of what they need are so polar opposite that I don't know how to fix that. Yeah, so speaking as an extrovert also in COVID times, (laughs) I I need social interaction to feel fulfilled. So I'm like the opposite. Social interaction is a way for me to unwind and like regain... regain my energy oh god it sounds awful so i get that like and also i need to interact with many different people because i can't just get my emotional social needs from one person like i need to have different like kinds of conversations about different topics with different people so (laughs) so i actually definitely get it which is why we've got like you know, our Saturday night game night, Wednesday night trivia, you know, and then my husband and I spend Just time apart. Hearing about <laughs> your social engagements <laughs> makes me feel anxious. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine Wednesday every week doing trivia and then Saturday 
every week. That was too much. (laughs) And I don't know if, like, because when I was a kid, we would have a lot of, like, Monday night, we would go to pizza with one group of friends, like, go grab pizza. Thursdays and Sunday, my dad would barbecue and the neighbors would come over and kind of, like, everybody would bring their own food and cook it and then go home and eat with their families. Um, Fridays, we would go out to dinner with, like, another set of my parents' friends. Like, we would always be kind of going out with different groups. So I don't know if that, like, caused this... caused me to be like this but i feel like as my parents are also extroverts setting routines with different groups of friends has been so helpful in my adult life like i used to have board game night when our other friends live down here every week you know just different routines right really really helps with different groups so i think that that is gonna help number one the second thing is that you also need to set time periods because I get that that one week is like, yes, we get to spend all this time together. But I would consider this maybe like a little more of a trial run for living together. Right. That it's not going to be like like going on vacation where you're spending all the time together and always doing things. It's going to be like, this is what it would be like to live together. Living together is not an adventure, right? Yeah. It It is the mundane. It's I have to do the dishes now and someone has to pay the bills and... I'm too tired to make the bed. Can you make the bed? Like, it's not, oh my God, we're going to do so much fun stuff all the time together. And especially not for somebody who's an introvert. Probably for her, the very idea of sharing her whole space with one person is anxiety inducing. Yeah. Because I love my husband and I do want to be with him, but I also need to know that if I need my time to create or unwind or whatever it is I want to do, draw, write, play video games, that I have that space uninterrupted so that I don't have to fill my brain with social obligation. Because the idea of social obligation (laughs) is there's a lot of things I have to manage for that, right? It's, it's, Mm -hmm. It's a management chore. And my husband's more of an introvert as well. So we're like a mismatched kind of thing. Yesterday, we both went for a walk at the same park but we drove separately like (laughs) like i I mean it was also because i was going to the grocery store afterwards but it was because he wanted to like get his run in and he also likes to like walk by himself listen to podcasts and stuff so sometimes we'll go together we'll do a separate run and then we'll walk back together right that kind of thing but you know just kind of finding out where that balance is my Desk is in the living room, which I guess is, uh, <laughs> this is definitely a exemplary. And then his office is in the, like, spare bedroom. So right. if he needs to go in there, wants to play a game, just closes the door. Sure. That's his, his him time. So I think also having a separate space for her. Yes. Which is hard right now if, you know, you have roommates or something or not a lot of spare space. But I think saying like, okay, you can go into, you know, my room and, and read in there, do whatever if you need to. And then I'll, f- I'll busy myself with doing chores or, you know, playing video games or whatever you want to do. Right. And and for an introvert, the respect of that time is invaluable. Yeah. Even if it's just an hour or an afternoon to say to somebody, hey, I just really need a little bit of unwind time. And this is what I'm going to be doing. You can call on me in two hours. And not to be interrupted during that time is like the utmost show of respect to an introvert. It's like, man, now I feel ready. I feel charged. You you will notice that if you respect that time, 
the social interaction you get with your introvert partner is much more satisfying. It's like having a cat. <laughs> you can't go up to the cat and be like, love me. The cat will walk away. Yes. Right? If you let the cat sleep all afternoon, when they come up to you purring with their little head nudges, it means that they actually want to spend time with you and they, they are enjoying that interaction. <laughs> they crave that interaction. Yeah. That's what it's like. If you're in my space all the time when I've asked you for two hours and you're coming in all the time and asking me stuff and whatever, I am not having the opportunity to to refill my social battery. Which means that when I actually come downstairs to spend time with you, I'm not into it. Because I've seen you like 16 times today and that's not what I wanted. Yeah, you'll notice if you keep picking up a cat when they don't want to be picked up, they, they will hide from you <laughs> eventually. Right. <laughs> right, they'll hiss at you and scratch you and go away. Um, You need to have very clear boundaries for your time so if she says uh okay i'm gonna take one hour here and one hour here every day and that's just gonna be my me time you just have to say okay it's not that she doesn't want to spend time with you like if i don't talk to my friends it's not that i don't want to talk to them or spend time with them or that i don't value them or that i don't love them it's just that i need my time i've got to do my me things first Mm -hmm. to be the best version of that person who i can be And I, like, (laughs) I remember the beginning of quarantine. It was very funny because everyone on Overwatch had their mic on. Like, there were so (laughs) many more mics on Xbox because all the extroverts were like, talk to me. How are you doing? (laughs) Like, random someone just get matched with. I, yeah, it's, it's... it's just a diff- a different needs thing. And it's like a cat person versus a dog person. Right. I am a dog person and that I am like a dog where I always want to be around people and I'll follow them from room to room. My husband is a cat person and that he's mm-hmm. like a cat. Yeah, me too. Occasionally I do just want to lie down and cuddle for like an hour, but <laughs> I don't want to talk to you and I, I would like to be on my own mostly. So yeah, it's that's something you really have to work out. Yeah. And I think think that it'll be a good you know a good trial run and i get i get it especially right now with other (laughs) human interaction and it's very stressful like even if you're not even if you're going to work yes do you eat lunch in your classroom or do you go to i with other teachers go to hang out with other teachers because i don't want the kids coming into my classroom all the time (laughs) there is because yeah because my my social battery for children is depleted by lunchtime. <laughs> I just want to see an adult. Yeah. I want to see an adult. I want to listen to adult conversation. I don't necessarily want to interact with other adults, but I want to be in a space where I cannot be disturbed, right? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I know like going to the staff room is not really a space where you can't be disturbed, but it removes a kind of social obligation that at yeah. that time I can't I can't deal with. I just need to go away, eat my lunch, maybe put my headphones in and just not think about the kids for 45 minutes. <laughs> in the teacher world, we have this thing called duty-free lunch where it means you you are not obligated to interact with children during lunchtime. Nope. <laughs> and it's great it's beautiful um yeah so i go to other teachers rooms to like hang out and talk to them so it's interesting to see the people that that come out and hang out <laughs> 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 uh very interesting to see the people that come out and, and hang out with us versus the people who you know eat in their own room which is fine because obviously everybody has different emotional needs right. as we said The other thing that I would suggest is for your introvert girlfriend, when you're having social time, it needs to be low stakes. So it can't be something that is going to require a lot of intense 
social interaction. Don't be um, doing escape rooms. <laughs> right. Like that that kind of thing is good every now and then if you're up to it. But like play a little card game or something. Or hey, what do you want to watch for TV this afternoon? Um spaces where you can be together and there is the opportunity for conversation, but the conversation isn't the only thing that needs to happen. Because this is one of the reasons why I don't really enjoy house parties. I can be at a house party for an hour. After that, it's like, oh god, it's going to be like this for five hours. <laughs> and I'm going to have to continue talking to people. And I'm out of things to say. That's it. I'm done. So, yeah, make it so that if she wants to have a conversation, she can have that conversation. But don't enforce a space where it's like, now I must talk to you about all the eight hours of my day and you must interact continuously. Yeah. And structure, I mean... My husband likes, you know, board games are yes. good for social interaction because you have expectations and like literal rules. Yes. And so that's a little bit easier or like playing a video game together if that's something you're both into. Um, that kind of thing. I think that's um, why I enjoy teaching as an introvert <laughs> because there are time barriers and social rules. Mm hmm. So in this space, there are things that I can expect and things that I don't have to worry about. And if I, if something happens that is outside of my expectation, I have methods to deal with that. Whereas like in a truly social space with peers, the rules are gone. And that's yeah. very challenging because mm -hmm. there's not going to be a bell in 45 minutes to tell me that I need to talk to other people. Yeah, it's... It's difficult, and this is something that is not going to be fixed overnight, especially not his feelings of abandonment mm -hmm. and rejection. I promise you it has absolutely nothing to do with what your girlfriend thinks or feels about you. Absolutely 100% promise you that. It's just that she needs to recharge. Yeah, and it's not, it's not about how... If it was an introvert hanging out with another introvert, it would still be the same thing. Yeah. It's not like it's because you're too extroverted. You are fulfilling her social needs by respecting her need for time. Yes. Right? That's a great way to reframe it. It may not be fulfilling your social need. Maybe take that time to call your parents or a sibling or, you know, find somebody else to fulfill that need for you. It is not her responsibility or her job to be your only form of stimulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I suggest, you know, like your board game night or trivia. We're doing digital trivia every Wednesday. Yeah. Although that's starting to tax me a little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, any social interaction can become taxing if it requires a lot of effort. I, I really enjoy DMing Dungeons and Dragons, but it does require a lot of my um, my social charge because I have to prep and I have to anticipate and there's a lot of maths involved. There are lots of things in there that I would ordinarily find very difficult. But again, it's, it's, a, it's a structured social routine. I'm in mm -hmm. charge. And if I want to change the topic of conversation, that's on me. So yeah, it's you've got to balance it. Yeah. And it it'll may take some trial and error. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean like it's doomed, but you know, just respect boundaries. It sounds like she's really good at communicating, which is awesome. Yeah. He said she has a high emotional quotient, which um, is important because it means that she isn't doing this without any regard for his feelings. This is, you know, she wants to make sure that he knows exactly what she needs and how that is going to affect that relationship. Which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. All right. So I I had one more. We'll save that one for next week. Um, because you probably want to get to the ducks. I wanna yeah, let's do the ducks because you promised me ducks and so far there's been no ducks. <laughs> and uh I like how that the first line of this is 
Disclaimer, this is a very British post. Oh, yes. <laughs> and polite post, not a serious issue. Okay, good. And the title is, Am I the Asshole for Stealing Ducks from Small Children? What? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not written super, super British sheets. So, like, <laughs> not with it. a lot of idiom and colloquialism. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, although it's got a couple in there. I live near a duck pond that has one population of ducks. When there's food, they all go to the same place. They don't split and go to different people. I regularly feed these ducks, but today when I got to the pond, there was a group of adults and children putting out seed already. No issue. I politely wait on the other side of the pond and take some pictures of the other wildlife. Then the screams start. Oh, God. (laughs) I like how they put that as its own paragraph. No one is being tragically murdered. The kids are shouting for the ducks to do something and running towards them when they do come on land. This is super not okay for me. So I threw down duck food on my side of the pond and hijacked the little buttes. Mother of the brats loudly exclaimed to father of the brats that I was a bit bloody cheeky and stole (laughs) the ducks from her kids. (laughs) (laughs) Loud enough for me to hear, but obviously not aimed at me. Polite and British, no confrontation. Yes. I understand I did steal them, but I just don't like children being taught it's okay to harass animals. Am I the asshole for duck stealing? No. That's like DEFCON level. <laughs> it's a bit bloody cheeky. Like, whoa, okay. <laughs> just threw down a glove. Right? Jewel, sir. Um, I just have to add this other... Uh, they have two edits. Edit. Unsolicited duck pick on my profile. Extra edit. I wasn't expecting so many people to appreciate DuckTales. Thanks for the awards and your comments, which have made me laugh so much. For those of you saying we shouldn't feed the ducks, so I'm an asshole for that, it's absolutely not frowned upon to feed ducks in the UK, provided no. you are feeding them the right stuff. Check the RSPB website or your country's equivalent for a full list of duck-friendly food, and obviously respect the ducks' personal space. RSPB is the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. Oh. Um, so, so we have the Audubon Society, which we mentioned. Yes. Um, <laughs> which we mentioned, like, last week. And they have a, a very good um, section on their website about what you should be feeding to ducks. They should not eat bread. They can have peas, um, some duck seed, um, small, like, vegetables. Uh, but you should not be feeding them bread. It's very bad for them, and it makes them stinky. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the UK, feeding the ducks is a very British pastime. Right, you go to the park and you chill for a bit with the ducks, and they quack at you and come and get some bread or whatever. Or not bread. Or not bread. <laughs> Used to be bread when I was a kid. It was yes, like same. you take the bread. Uh, now you have to take them peas. Um, yeah, it's it's very easy to for kids to expect a lot from wildlife, <laughs> mostly because otherwise they get bored. Dogs don't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> So you should absolutely be teaching your kids to respect animals. The the thing they might do is attack you. Right. You're not if, too close to them. And I mean, at this part of the year, you know, ducks are kind of hunkering down. So they're not going to be that aggressive. But when it's duckling season, that's how your kid gets their hand bitten. And I can guarantee you that being bitten by a duck or a goose is a painful and embarrassing experience. <laughs> I got yeah. bitten by a goose when I was a kid. Oh, oh gosh, a goose. Fuck yeah. geese. One of those big Canadian geese. It just took the bread right out of my hand, Morgan. There was nothing I could do. <laughs> its huge serrated beak was on me. How old were you? 
I was about seven. Okay. It was incredibly traumatic. Since then, I do not trust any kind of goose. Geese are evil. They should be stopped. Ducks are lovely. <laughs> um, My friend, when she was four, got chased by a goose, and she was always terrified of them. I just don't have good experiences with wildlife, <laughs> un- unless they're in a zoo. I love the zoo. I love animals, but they don't love me for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no reason why you should be screaming at a duck. It's just stupid. <laughs> Teach your kids the proper way to interact with animals. Like, if this kid goes up and is going to, like, pet random dogs, they're oh going to get bit. Like, I bet this this kid's going to get bit and then the parents are, like, making a huge deal out of it because the dog bit their kid, but they freaking let the kid walk up to, like, dogs should be on leashes, so should children. Right. <laughs> if they can't mind their own personal space. And, you know, it's especially important if you have a dog in your home to teach your kid about animal mm-hmm. boundaries. I know when my little brother was born, I was very concerned about his interactions with my dad's Maine Coon cat. Because um, Maine Coons are very large and uh, Scrappy is uh, not a very tolerant um, <laughs> old man. So I, I took very great care to teach my brother, hey, this is how you pet the cat nicely so he doesn't run away from you so that he, you know, you guys can be friends in the future, because he did enjoy grabbing my dad's cat's very fluffy tail. Hmm. Um, and did not understand why the cat was then annoyed with him all the time. So I spent a couple of hours doing nice pets of the cat yeah. with my brother. Um, it is a, a, a question of safety for both your child and for the animals involved. Just do it. Like, a duck is not going to cause great bodily harm to your child, but a swan is... And if your kid tries that with a swan, it's going to get its leg broken. Yeah. So a big scratch. Like, they've got those big uh, spur claws. Swans are hugely powerful and have been known to break grown men's arms. So you do not want to be going one-to-one with a swan. Jeez. Um, And they all belong to the queen. So if you mess up a swan, you're messing with her. And (laughs) you don't want to mess with Liz, because she'll fuck you up. So... This is just about good parenting, and that is not good parenting. This guy was absolutely within the right to save these ducks from heartache. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's fine to feed the ducks, just respect the ducks also. Yeah, yeah, and teach your kid. Again, we're not not parents, but, um, you know, I've always had cats and dogs growing up, and you introduce the the dog to the cat in a very like controlled way and you kind of let them sniff each other and if the dog is getting overzealous the cat gives the dog a swat and the dog learns boundaries like (laughs) that's you know you make sure that the cat's not in danger like they're not going to get bit by the dog you just kind of like let them interact in a space where you are in control but also they can move away if they want to and that's what happens that's how you introduce a cat and a dog. The cat's got to set the boundaries with the dog. Also, do not underestimate the power of a cat scratch to a dog's eye. Oh, uh, God. Be, be very, very careful about that. Yeah. Clearly, when well, also when the dog's like old enough to not be f- very harmed by the cat, but yes. also like un- to understand those boundaries yes. when the cat lays them down. <laughs> when the cat absolutely boxes their ears. Yeah, it, this, this is not a big deal, but this is an important lesson for the other parents who think he's bloody cheeky. Um, <laughs> I think he's pretty bloody cheeky to be screaming at a duck, but whatever. And I like how OP didn't say anything to them. They just threw down the, 
the feed. So I don't know if they're necessarily going to learn anything, but... I mean, you don't want to have a confrontation about something as benign as feeding ducks, right? <laughs> that's That's just asking for trouble. But you do want to enforce some kind of, hey, these are animals and they don't understand kids' desires. <laughs> They're not going to, like, perform fucking Swan Lake for your kids. They're ducks. So just leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want, if your kids want to be entertained by animals, have them go to the zoo. Monterey Zoo's live stream um, of the penguins and the otters, which has kept me sane uh, over the last nine months, is a great way to entertain your kids. Uh, Monterey Aquarium, sorry. Great way yeah. to entertain your kids and also educate them about uh, marine life. Yeah. Monterey Aquarium is a very famous aquarium in California. It's probably it's the most cool famous. As shit. Yeah. I very much enjoyed my visit to the aquarium. I touched a stingray. <laughs> we have the zoo down here in San Diego. Uh, they have also, the aquarium. Cool as shit. I really enjoyed San Diego Zoo. It's Definitely good. enjoyed the frozen margarita I got to sip while I was looking at <laughs> elephants. Hell yeah. That's a good time. All right. Well, that's it for us, probably. <laughs> yeah, I got to recharge my social battery now. Yes. It's uh, a big thing. Uh, I And for subreddit shout out today, um, I know that the holidays were a tough time for people, especially after the election and all of that. So I'm going to shout out the subreddit QAnon Casualties, which is for people whose family members have been taken in by the Q conspiracy. Gross. Which is a whole thing, but it's a very nice and supportive subreddit. Hooray. If you had a hard time with your family's conspiracy theories over the holidays. Hold tight, kiddos. It's going to be okay. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll fucking see, won't we? But this is a no politics podcast. <laughs> yes, this is a no politics zone. So instead, you can send me your favorite cucumber recipes. <sighs> I did say that last week, but, um, you know, send me some more. I went and literally ate like cucumber salad right after we were. Oh my god, I love cucumber time. salad. You can send that to me on Twitter at r no. <laughs> <laughs> what has it been a week no we did this last week <laughs> you can send those to me at morgan underscore slay on twitter you can also send that to our podcast at r the letter you the word serious pod on twitter or email us at r the letter you the word serious pod at gmail.com uh you can tell me more things about beans but please don't because every time i see the word bean i now have an allergic reaction um on twitter at esme underscore c underscore nose as in knows lots of things um and we will be uh at some point in the next couple of weeks putting up a couple of reminders and polls for who you think the asshole of the year is um that's going to be on our facebook page and our twitter page facebook letter r slash the letter u serious podcast um, so if you want to be part of the great asshole debate, um, that's where it's going to be occurring. <laughs> and we also have the hero of the year. So Oh, yes. Hero of the year. Um, that's going to be on there Uncle as Red, well. Mama Lynn. Hell oh, yeah. Uncle Red. Uncle Red has my vote. <laughs> also, you know what would be a great thing to send us is two-player board games. Hell yes. Please. Um, that would be great. Board games, card games, all that good stuff. Tell us names of those so that we can pass those along to the other mismatched couples out there uh yes be kind to your introverts yes they're like plants they just need food water and sunshine and space 